being a hacker sounds pretty cool. I think I'll do that. It takes some guts to like break into a place and keep a straight face. We really thought that they would they would be normal and they would let us go. Which they didn't. Welcome everybody. This is Tuesday Morning Grind, episode number 66. And we have a really cool story today. I think if you're in the pen testing business, any kind of offensive security, I think everyone's always dreamed of what it would be like to get caught. And uh, most of us, when we think about getting caught when it comes to pen testing, we're thinking about what it would be like digitally to be caught. Uh, even less so, what, what would it be like if you were physically breaking into a place and getting caught? And our guest today will be able to tell us exactly what that feels like and what the aftermath is like. So today we have Gary DiMercurio with us. Gary, pleasure, man. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Awesome, man. So before we get into the big story, which I know that everybody wants to hear, um, I'd love to know how, how does one get into pen testing and specifically how do you get into the, to the pen testing variety of physical pen testing? Yeah, that's two totally different questions, kind of. Um, <laughs> So how does one get into pen testing? Uh, wow. That's, I think that takes a lot of self-study and either, either going to university, which is really self-study, right? Um, going to university and getting that degree in computer science and then kind of skewing yourself towards offensive security. Um, when I first started, they didn't have that. And, and, uh, now they're kind of universities are kind of starting to skew that towards offensive security a little bit more than it was just you know, IT or, mm -hmm. or whatever it happened to be back then, but like offensive security wasn't even a thing. So oh, route number one, um, route number two is like I said, self-study is, is going in there and hitting hack the box and, and doing all the, doing all the CTFs and, and hanging out in, in weird chat rooms and asking people for advice and what we should do. And, um, yeah, that's, that's hit or miss, but you know, eventually you, you get good enough and you get bold enough and you do something like a certified ethical hacker and then you go, you move on to, uh, um, uh, you know, OSCP or something like that. And then usually if you can get that far, then, then somebody will usually give you a chance. But what I've noticed is a lot of people will ask the question when you're interviewing, they'll be like, what's your home network look like? Cause they want to see if you're really a, a tech nerd or if you're just trying to get a job and nine times yeah. out of 10, most of the people are like, so anyway, I've got this mesh network at home and I've been having this real big <laughs> problem. And, and then they'll just go off on this tangent. They're like, okay, you're one of us. You're cool. Yep. How did you get into it? Did you do like formal education, self-study? What'd you do? I did formal education because I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> I didn't know any better at the time. Mm -hmm. I actually, I'd started off originally when I was in the Marine Corps, um, doing some red team type stuff and, uh, which centered around me lying, lying and, and, uh, trying to get my way into things. And so I, uh, was doing some, uh, an R and D gig for a nonprofit. I was like, man, this is kind of boring. I don't really want to do this anymore. And, and, uh, I was like, uh, I wonder if I can steal stuff for a living. Like I used to in the Marine Corps. I wonder if that's a really a job. So I did some study and it was like, yes, it's a job, but it's part of cybersecurity. And, and I was like, oh, being a hacker sounds pretty cool. I think I'll do that. So that's kind of how I ended up getting uh, or going to college and getting my master's in it. And again, by hindsight, 2020, I went the other route with self-study and the, uh, the OSCP would have been a lot cheaper and less time. Know, How about the uh, the physical part? Was that Marines? Like you mentioned, kind of stealing stuff, getting into the physical pen testing part of the yeah, business? Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, S4 officer, which is basically like building and maintenance logistics type stuff, right? And so, I again, I'm a building and maintenance guy. And so we were moving uh, 
our squadron from one building to another so we could do some renovations and and we had to set up the super vault which is like a super secret internet and uh so i had to go in there and make sure the vault was good and rebuild the vault to specification my oic at the time i was like you think you could break in there and uh, actually he said you think you can break in there because he sounded like elmer <laughs> fudd he was like the six foot five like <laughs> awesome diesel marine like the best boss i've ever had in my life he just sounded like Elmer Fudd. It was awesome. I love the guy so much. But he's like, you think you could break in there? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I think I can break in there. I built it. And he's like, okay. Oh, he's like, come back tomorrow in your, your civilian clothes. See if you can break in, see if anybody stops you. Nobody ever stopped me. Because um, I knew how to, I, I mean, I built it. I knew the knew the uh, vulnerabilities of it. So, um, yeah, just from there, it was like, okay, well, let's, let's fix this. And what else can we do? And how can we make it better? And teach other people to make it better. And I always thought that was... I thought it was super fun to be able to yeah. lie, my, lie my way in and then break in like you see in the movie. So uh, for those not in the loop, Gary, I guess, is most famous right now for, for being arrested, I guess, as the state of Iowa, if I have that right. <laughs> uh, what a, what a, I, don't, I don't know what words. I was about to say fucked up, but I don't know if I can say that. But uh, I was just going to say, like, what a, what a fucked up thing to be famous for, right? Like, <laughs> all I did was get arrested. I'm sorry. Uh, being really good at breaking in places and happened to get arrested at one. So by the time that incident happened, I think that was 2019. How how deep in your career were you? Was have have you been doing physical pen tests a lot oh, ahead yeah. of that? Yeah. So like, how many like a hundred that many or or how many years had? Oh, had at been least yeah, in the hundreds. Absolutely, have done like hundreds of physical pen tests at that point. It and you know what? Um, we 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 said this a lot. Was we were. We were lucky and we were happy it was us and not somebody else because a lot of other people, especially the younger guys or gals um, that are first getting into it, they have this thing. I don't want to get caught. I don't want to get mm -hmm. caught. Like if I, it's like a badge of honor. So I have never been caught and it's not really the way it's supposed to go. But um, so had they ran, then that would oh, yeah. have been really, really bad because they actually would have been committing a crime at that point. And so all the things that we got off of and, and they weren't able to have anything stick is because we didn't do anything wrong. Whereas if most people in that situation would have been like, oh, no, I'm going to get caught thinking it was still part of the game um, and would have taken off and the police would have eventually found them. It doesn't matter all the things that that we were doing or they would have been doing and they would have been in our place. It doesn't matter that that was all legal. Mm -hmm. The fact that they left the scene of a supposed crime would have been illegal and then they would have had to have cop out to that and then it would have looked as if the sheriff was doing nothing wrong he was just simply yep. doing his job man. so not to mention like physical danger like i can imagine if you're running and you, someone chases you you know who, right who knows what yeah happen yeah or um, like a car or something mm -hmm. yeah, there would so be like a car chase yeah uh, i want to get to the specific incident but like generally like it takes some guts to like break into a place and keep a straight face so you know what is it what is the preparation like in, in terms of open source intelligence gathering what do you wear how do you kind of gear up for for a physical pen test engagement what does that look like for you it really it really depends on the engagement and and who you're working with and and what the scope of the engagement is um believe it or not a lot of times i i dress like a hillbilly like i look i'm from indiana originally so like i take that tart. I show up in my pickup truck and I've got, I've got my, um, you know, like I've got jeans and boots on and I've got a, I've got a ball cap that I wear with, with my flannel shirt. And I just walk in and I'm usually like, Hey, I'm here for construction. I'm here to work on your roof or, or yeah. whatever it happens to be. 
Um, I try to look as normal as possible. That way I can usually fit in anywhere I'm anywhere I'm going. Um, and uh, it, it just it, it it totally depends on, on what it is you're doing. That's but that's the usual. That's usually how I am um, when when I'm doing stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's it can also go the other way where you're trying to um, be part of a role. So if uh, we're trying to break into a bank and, and the idea, the grift, if you will, is uh, we work for, um, you know, home office for the bank, obviously suit and tie and the whole bit just to just to look like you belong. You obviously want to look the, the part or whatever it is you're playing. But, yeah, there's a lot of acting involved. But if, for mm. the most part, usually it's pretty easy. People's security is terrible. And that goes all around the globe, all around everything, every company you could possibly think of your security is probably horrible because they've never had it tested or they think that they've had it tested or they've got somebody from, and this is no knock on secret service FBI or anything. They're awesome at what they do, but what they don't do is physical pen testing, mm-hmm. but they defend against like individual threats or, or different types of threats. And so they'd be like, well, this building is secure. And it's like, no dude, it's not, it's not even remotely close. I, we've broken into so many data centers and buildings and companies that have somebody in charge of their physical security that is a former secret service agent we just plow right through their defenses again it's not on them they just never been trained the right way and they've got this false sense of security that they've been in the secret service for 20 years and although they know how to protect an asset such as a president or an individual or even a group of people it's not the same thing to lock down a building and make sure that joe public can't get in from watching youtube videos which 99 percent of the time yep. that's all it takes some youtube videos and some know-how when you scope it out and like, let's say they're like, Hey, can you get access to a data center or, or a communication closet or whatever the target is? How, how much time do you spend prepping for an engagement and, and how do you prep? Is it, are you looking at maps and, and how, how do you go about getting ready, knowing what you should wear, kind of understanding the culture? What are some of the steps you take to get ready for that? It, it really depends on the level of uh, attack customer wants us to go for so more often than not uh you say well we can we can pretend that we are a state entity or russia or something like that and we're gonna get in we've got that much money we're gonna get in it's just a matter of of if you can slow us down and if you can catch us once we're inside usually it's it's uh threat level of of like uh pita or something you know we're, we're we're mad at you for hurting the chickens and we're going to spend some money and, or somebody has some know-how and a little bit of money behind them to do something. It's usually the level that we're mm-hmm. at. Um, so when you're at that level, it really doesn't, you don't, you're not really pulling um, blueprints, which you could for the building and seeing what the building looks like and all the things you're, you're supposed to do. And then being outside in the, in the weeds with your ghillie suit on and a camera taking pictures of the locks so you can turn around and know which, you know, what lock picks up. You can do all of that stuff. But more often than not, that's not the threat that that the customer is trying to defend against. Um, so the usual, to answer your question, the usual way is is just that disgruntled employee or or somebody who has a little bit of money that that uh, um, you know is trying to go after something or trying to break into spray paint a wall or whatever it happens to be. That's 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 the typical portion of it, which means. We usually show up on site. We do a walk around the building. We use Google Earth like it's cool all the time because um, we can check everything out. We look at the doors. So you got a lot of experience. You can just look at the door and be like, okay, that's probably this door. These are gonna, these are the tools that I'll need to bring for this. Um, we might call them. We'll look at their website. 
Uh, there's been a lot of places where we've looked at the website and they totally have just like a video. They're like, hey, check out our place of work. And then they show you everything inside. You're like, OK, there's that door. That's how you get out here. Oh, there's a back door right there on the video that they just showed. It's super cool. And it looks like it's open. Oh, look, they actually have the passcode to the push button door that 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 connects the two buildings right on the wall. We just have to pause it. OK, it's one one six five. And then you actually go in there and you use it. Break them stuff to show you on the video. So I mean, that's. Generally, I don't know if that answers your question completely or not, but uh, yeah. I, I think it's, it's funny because that's kind of security in general, isn't it? Because I get that. I On the digital side of the house, we get asked all the time, like, you know, how are most of the attacks happening or what's the one thing I can do to secure it? It's, it's never, on average, rocket science. It's like enable yeah. MFA or, you know, change your password. Like 99% of the time, that's the attack vector. It's pretty low-hanging fruit. So it sounds like yeah, it's not as- dissimilar to physical security. It, yeah, it's like SMB signing disabled. No, <laughs> it's, it, yeah. uh, it, it's 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 like it, the number one way. Like if we can use responders, by the way, if we could use responder to get it, responder to get into your network, you're having problems because it's been around for a decade, and yet you still take people down left and right with things like that. And you're just like, okay, it's it's the same thing for physical or even social engineering. You, I've, I've shown up to places and said, hey, I'm here to repair your roof. And lady's like, oh, it's about time you're here. We were expecting you just because I I went into a hotel across the street, looked down and saw some fresh repair patches. I was like, oh, I was just seeing if the repairs that we we put on, you know, a couple of weeks ago were working. And she's like, oh, yeah, we were actually expecting you early. Come on in. It just it, it's just like you have procedures. Follow them. Like mm-hmm. you should have checked to make sure that I was supposed to be here. Type thing. It is. You're right. 100 percent right. Whether it's logical, the the human element or even the physical element is is just people don't follow policies half the time they don't even have the policies and procedures in place and then when they do um people don't follow them and, and people like to point fingers at, at the the workers mm-hmm. um employees at the places but it, it's never them it's it's always the company if you're not putting these in place and making sure that they're enforced then it's on you it's not on them what what percentage of the time do you think you're able to kind of get access to the target is it pretty high 100 percent. wow every time <laughs> That's Every a little time. disheartening, isn't it? Every That's kind of how does it and, re- yeah. and pen testing is the same way. We say the same exact thing. It's like, how often do yeah. you get like administrative little access? We're like, I think every time. Like, I can't remember a time we didn't. And that's just yeah. how it is. It's crazy. Um, let, now let's move on. I want to talk specifically about this state of Iowa incident. Um, so could you just give us the back brief? And I guess for those who haven't haven't uh, heard the story before. Um, bottom line is you were at a courthouse and uh, doing a physical pen test, and I guess the cops showed up and, and you had no, and you were arrested. In fact, but starting before that incident, can you can you just give us the uh, uh, background of what the engagement was, how you got there, that kind of thing? Yeah, so we were hired by the state of Iowa actually, mm-hmm. and uh, we had I think we had four or five buildings that we were there to pen test at the time, just do physical pen test, and they had actually specifically asked us to pen test at night because our original pen test that we did, I think it was two or three years prior to that. Mm-hmm. All we did was concentrate on social engineering. We went in during working hours, see if we could talk our way in. We were wildly successful. So this time they're like, okay, well, let's see how bad our security really is. And they specifically called out, we want this done at night. So a little backstory is we actually changed our paperwork to reflect day and evening testing at at the request of the customer, because before it was just day, because we were going to repeat what we had done a couple of years prior to that. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that was, that's the basis of what we were doing. Um, and we had multiple courthouses in different counties 
And it just so happens that this one was in um, Adel, Iowa, in Dallas County, Iowa, is where it was. And uh, yeah, we had we had done our we had done our um, our walk around. We had we had posed as IT professionals there for a conference, and we were just bored because we had a day off, and we decided we would go see all the cool government buildings in in Iowa for shits and giggles. And oddly enough, they do have lots of um, lots of uh, like tours and stuff that you can go in and you can ask and people will walk you around the whole thing. It's great. Like it's actually kind of, it was actually kind of fun. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we had talked to deputy sheriff when we were there and he's like, yeah, you guys can go look, take pictures, do whatever you want. So we were totally scoping out the courthouse and, and they all knew okay. we were there. They so that's an interesting. So you're, so you're saying during the day you, you basically mm -hmm. took a tour that anyone's allowed mm -hmm. to do and they mm -hmm. knew you were there, you're taking pictures, but that was your recon. That was basically you guys doing recon. Yeah. 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 And then you, and then it was a nighttime thing. So you came back at night. What, what was, what marks success in a pen test? Like, is it getting access to a certain location? Just, just getting right inside the door, like, or get as far as you can. What, what are the scope and boundaries typically? So, or in this case, it's it's a little bit. You now it's very similar to a pen test, but to to put it in kind of a different way is usually you have flags, right. That you want to go mm -hmm. after you're either go after, you're going after DA, but in this instance, you know, what is DA when you're working with the building? You're not, you're not having ultimate control. Um, you get into the building that kind of is ultimate control, but what it is is, okay, now that I'm in the building, what else can we do? And so you start, if you ever seen the old, the movies where somebody's always looking like a cop, right? Or somebody's doing an investigation, they got the big board and they've got all yeah. the pictures and they've got the string going everywhere. That's kind of what we're doing in real time when we break into a building. Um, we'll go in and we'll we'll see something. Like uh example is is this one client we went in and and we found the the financial area. We broke into the financial area, picked the lock for the um for the uh the filing cabinets, and we looked at some of their old checks and we noticed that their checks were all had rubber stamps. And so it's like, okay, we got a pin. And then we put a little, we put a little yarn on it. We're like, now we got to find the rubber stamp. So then we found, we found the CEO's office and, and we were looking for the rubber stamp. That's like, okay, it's not in his office, but it's in the secretary's office, went to the secretary's office, found the rubber stamp. And then we'll pull a little yarn around that one. And then we, we found out a way that we could, um, or we found out that everything in that company was used. They used the rubber stamp to approve everything. So we just approved everything with this rubber stamp and then basically took the financials over from the company, it was obviously much more longer, or longer and drawn out than that. But that was the ultimate thing is yeah. what we did was, hey, we can take over your financial, everything financially for your company. We had access to absolutely everything simply because we were able to approve ourselves, get things all from this this rubber stamp. So moral of the story of that was don't use a rubber stamp. But um, <laughs> yeah, like the, the whole the whole point is, is once you get in, you don't know what you're going to find. And more often than not, when we're working with a customer, it's just let us let us do our thing. This is a red team and let's see how bad this can get yep. by just having us come in into your building. A lot of times they'll say, we want to make sure that our vault is secure. We want to make sure that you can't get into this area. Um, and then once we do that, then we just spread out and yep. do whatever. It's like vulnerability do. chaining, just like in a normal pen test, right? Yeah, Seeing what absolutely. Tie together. Yep. Uh, what's the level of documentation? Like when you're in a building, are you like uh, taking photos to put in a report? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah, kind of. And if you've yeah. never done a pen test, it's the same kind of phenomenon. As you move through it, you're taking screenshots and kind of yep. compiling reports. It's probably the same type of thing physically. Oh, yeah. So, it's it's identical. Yeah. You just do it at physical and logical. So at what stage were you in Iowa when or, or how how did the cops even get alerted in the situation? Are you aware? 
Yeah. So we had a stipulation in the scope that we weren't able to circumvent alarms. And when we asked them about that, they basically had said, well, we don't want you to turn the alarms off because we don't want the building to be unprotected when you're gone. So you're fine. You're fine to set it off. Actually, we kind of would like you to set it off to see if they even work. Um, but yeah, just, just please don't turn them off. And if you do find a way that you can turn them off, make sure that they're on before you leave. Okay, no problem. Um, so we actually showed up to, to the courthouse and the door was open. Um, a little, uh, known fact for, for, uh, um, security is, is if you've got your alarm, right. And the door is open and this, that read switch doesn't, doesn't connect. It'll actually say fault area one or fault zone one. And if you just hit, okay, or you hit, you hit, uh, um, you know, you put in your code and you hit enter and then you walk out and then the door doesn't close behind you. It will still arm. It just won't arm zone one. And so that's what had happened there is the alarm had armed, but because the door wasn't fully closed, it didn't arm the front door. So we opened the door. No alarm went off. You didn't hear the beeping from the alarm panel, which says you got 20 seconds to put in the code. or I'm going to go off. And we were like, oh, this isn't supposed to happen. Pretty sure this door wasn't supposed to be open. So close the door. And then we played make-believe. Okay, we're going to pretend this door isn't open. This doesn't give any value to the customer if we just walk in. We want to actually see if this building is secure. So we closed the door. Then we broke in. But as soon as we closed that door, it it turned the zone back on. It's like, oh, here's the contact. Let's turn zone one on. Zone one is active. So then we reopen the door. The beeping starts going off from the panel, and then we try to put in some codes. Um, they didn't use any of the default default user codes. They didn't use any of the easy ones, like one two three four zero 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 zero. Um, and then, so at that point I just kept hitting five, 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 enter five, 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 enter just to set the alarm off earlier. So we didn't have to wait, um, to see what would go off. And a lot of times you go to, I can't tell you how many banks I've been to. It's probably something I shouldn't say, but, um, <laughs> alarms go off. Nobody ever shows up ever. Like no one, cops don't come. Security doesn't come. Alarm just stops working and it's in a log somewhere. And you're just like, wow, nobody's here. Okay. I guess we'll just continue robbing this bank. So, it was the same thing is, is okay. It was uh, by request of the customer. Let's see how it works. And then we just went in and did our thing there and cops showed up about five minutes later. Okay. So did you guys wait around for the cops to see if they would show up? Is that, is that what happened here? Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it's in it. And it's, I, part of it is, is like, I, I think I had said at one point, even, even when I was being arrested, like, Hey, we we're checking for response times. Like we're not, actively there to test the police and check their response times. Right. Um, like what, what was meant by that is we're checking to see if anybody responds, period. We don't know if there's, if there's police on the other end, we don't know if there's security guards on the other end. We don't know if just, uh, a, a low, the bank manager or, or in this house, the courthouse, you know, facilities guy is going to show up and, and just check. Like we have no idea what's on that other end unless the customer specifically asks us that obviously has changed now since this, this issue, we ask those questions, but more often than us, it's like, okay, you want us to check this? Yes. All right. The alarm's going to go off. We'll see if it works. Um, and, and usually it's, it's not an issue. The, the caveat there is when you're testing a physical location of a public building, it's not the same as when you're testing a governmental one. Mm-hmm. So physical building we're we're contracted by the employee to test our, our, our own building. And so there's nothing that we're doing wrong there because we're testing our own building. So if police would have showed up and I was testing Acme roof company and Acme roof. And I was an employee of Acme roof company. I have more of a right to be there than 
the police officer does, regardless if the alarm went off. Hey, yeah, no, we're testing for legal security. See if the alarm went off. Sorry, we didn't realize that you were going to be called. Our bad. Um, but the government thing was a little bit different. And that's where we ran into the problems is the sheriff's like, I own this place. Yep. So who who showed up? Was it like a sheriff or the whole police department? <laughs> the the actual the first responder was the local police officer for the, the city. Did he how did he engage with you guys? Was he did he believe your story or was he concerned? What, what, oh, what dude, they, they, they couldn't even get in. That was the funniest part. Like, we've got hours of or hours. We've got like the, the well, we got hours of videos. But in those hours of videos, there's a part where because they've all got their their chest cams on. And the guy's just like, how the fuck did they get in? Because they couldn't get in Their <laughs> Their cards actually wouldn't work. They it locked him out after a certain time. So none of the officers that showed up could actually get into the building. And they kept doing loops, thinking that we broke a window or we did something. They could just could not fathom that we were able to get into the courthouse without breaking something. Did you and guys even just, know they were out there? Did you know they're out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were we were in a we were in a, a courtroom doing our thing, looking for stuff. We were, we were looking for things like, does the judge leave their computer unlocked and open? Yes, they do. Um, can we get to evidence? Like, what what is it that we can do in here to to see how secure it really is? And so yep. we were on the second or the third floor and we see the lights pull up and he pulled up right on the lawn and, and put the lights right at the front door of the courthouse. So mind you, the sheriff's department is right across the street. Like we could literally see the sheriff's department from the courthouse, but the local police department is the ones that showed up first for, for the alarm. Yeah. And then, yeah, they couldn't get out and we probably waited inside for 10 minutes, maybe expecting them to come in. And we didn't want to, we didn't want to continue our job and then have somebody sneak up behind us, you know, and do the whole, you know, Roscoe Pico train freeze. And then yeah, we're exactly. like, oh, no, we don't want that. Um, so we actually stayed at the top of the stairwell and we just kept shouting down every minute. You know, like, hey, we're we're you know, we work for we work for coal fire and, and we're doing you know, security auditing. We just want to make sure that you guys know that we're here and that we're actually working. Please don't shoot us type of thing. Yeah. But nobody ever came inside. So, yeah, we had to actually go out to them. So what is that like? Because I imagine I mean, you got to exercise some some caution because you don't want to bust out the door and like surprise the officer who could be right there yep. so what is going through your head when when you have to go outside to <laughs> greet the officers and let them know what the deal is well you know oddly enough it's not it's not the first nor will it be the last time that we ever dealt with law enforcement every law enforcement officer that's not a sheriff has been awesome like we come out where Normally, if we can avoid it, we will go outside of the building if we think they're coming and we'll put all our gear down and we'll sit down and we'll have our hands. So, we, you know, nothing shady or anything. Um, and then we'll meet them outside because right off the bat, if an officer sees you waiting outside and knowing that they're going to respond that, I mean, like, OK, this is that's not what criminals do. So yeah. something else is going on here. Um, every other time, that's what we've done in the rare instance that that somebody shows up and it's quick like that. Um, we, we just, it's, it's pretty easy. You just come downstairs or in this instance, we came downstairs, we had our hands in front of us, you know, we're, we're not armed and we're like, Hey, what would you like us to do? We're here doing a security audit. And he was super calm. The deputy sheriff that was there was super calm. And, and, uh, we just said, hey, would you like us to stand here and you come inside or do you want us to come outside? He's like, no, no, you guys can come on outside. Totally nonchalant, relaxed. We walked outside. He's like, Hey guys, what's going on? Very professional. And, and, we had that conversation and it's, uh, it was on our black hat talk. We showed it. He was just like, we're just like, Hey, we're here to test all the buildings. And, and, uh, um, we're hired by the state to, to do physical security audit. And he's like, okay, yeah, come on out here. This is a little bit weird because it's, you know, at midnight and 
kind of joked around and said, well, yeah, there's no one here. It's much easier to break into a building at midnight when there's no one here than it is during the day. But super professional. The only one, and they let us go, actually. Later on, they they let us go. Um, it wasn't until the sheriff showed up and he kind of you know, peed on everyone's parade. Was it the same night that you were arrested or did they come find you guys later? No, it was the same night. They had, they had let us go. And, and so at the point that they had let us go, I think every deputy sheriff that was on duty was there at the courthouse on the steps of the courthouse. And we were just, just smoking and joking. They were like, this is the coolest job ever. Like, how do you guys break into this? Do you have any war stories? Like, what's the coolest thing you've ever stolen? Um, and we were actually helping them troubleshoot why the front door wasn't working. And, and we explained the whole, you know, the fault thing and the zones and, yep. and the whole bit. And they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. We got to make sure that that, so we were helping them and just talking and, 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 uh, having a pretty fun conversation. And it wasn't until the sheriff showed up that he says, no, I don't care if you let them go, we're going to arrest them. And he, and he literally goes, I don't know what we're going to arrest them for yet, but make sure you hold them and I'm going to go figure it out. And then he walked away and called the, what I assume is the prosecutor. And then they decided they were going to arrest us for burglary with burglary tools. So obviously that was probably unexpected after an hour of friendly banter with the local, yep. with the local police. So how, how did that go down? Like, did you have a conversation with him? Was he calm? Was he respectful? Like, what was the back and forth between you guys that ultimately led to the arrest? So he shows he shows up and that whole thing says, I don't know what we're going to arrest him for, but we're going to arrest him for something. That was as he was leaving. So we did have an initial conversation. I don't know if you can hear the whole conversation because one of the deputy sheriffs, when he saw the, the sheriff walk up, he goes, oh, this ought to be good. And then goes, I better turn this off. And then he turned his his chest cam off. So wow. there wasn't any recording from the deputy sheriffs because they decided that whatever it is the sheriff was going to say didn't need to be recorded. Luckily, um, the uh, local PD didn't turn his off. So you can kind of pick up some of the things that he's saying. Um, but yeah, he, no, he wasn't very respectful at all. He was, he was pissed because we were in his courthouse and nobody told him and he's the king of his castle. And how dare the state test courthouses that state employees work at and that the state basically leases and the state runs, how dare they do that without his acknowledgement? And uh, he let us know that he owned that. He says, don't you know that? I'm like, why the hell would I know that? No, I, I don't know. I don't know that you own this, but the state runs it. But as a state contract employee, I'm not allowed to be here. No, I don't know that. And then he was just like, yeah, but you feel pretty stupid now, don't you? And I was like, no, not really. I mean, like, I don't feel stupid because I'm not really doing anything wrong. And I think it's ridiculous that you're being kind of an asshole about it. But it's what it is. so they decide to arrest you. What's going through your head at that time? He you... decides to arrest uh, he, us. He, yeah. So he everybody else was cool. <laughs> he decides to arrest us. Yeah. So sheriff decides to arrest you. What, what do you think? Are you nervous at all? Or are you like, OK, this is a career maker. Like, this is gonna no, no, it, it happens like and, and we totally got it. We were we were as uh, accommodating and respectful and we were working with them as much as we possibly could. Like, I get it, dude, you're your law enforcement. You've got two jokers in hoodies and backpacks that just broke in, you know, to your courthouse. Like your pride's a little bit hurt because we just curb stomped you with a cutting board a plastic cutting board is how we broke into your like your security is really not that good if i could break in with a cutting board right like i get it i get it but what you expect to happen is cooler heads will prevail we're going to go we're going to be held in a holding cell they're going to talk to the state the state's going to say yes we hired them no they're not really criminals no there was no criminal intent and then the sheriff would 
more than likely yell at the state and say, jackasses, why didn't you let us know? We're going to let these guys go. But because it's not their fault, it's the state's fault. But you and I, as in the sheriff and the state or the county and the state, we're going to have a talk about this so this doesn't happen again. That is how normal people would react. And that's what we expected. Obviously, that's not what happened. So no, so we, we weren't that worried about it because we really thought that they would they would be normal and they would let us go. Which they didn't. So, no. so, so what happened? How, how long were you actually in jail? Like, how did that, all that go down? Yeah, we were in there for like 20 hours or so. And, uh, it was, yeah, they just weren't going to let us go. They, the, 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 the jail staff was nice enough. They're like, well, we're not going to put them in. We're not going to put them in. And, uh, uh, I don't even remember it was a normal population or common population or whatever. They're like, we're not going to put them in in normal population. We're not going to do that. Cause we know, cause coal fire had, had talked to them and they're like, we're bailing them out. And they're like, okay, we'll leave them in here. Um, we'll leave them in the holding cells until, until they get bailed out. So, um, you know, we had like two or three cellmates, each of us, cause we were separated. So we couldn't get our story straight. It was ridiculous. It was like, it was like a really bad corny cop movie, you know, like let's make sure they don't get their story straight. So let's put them in separate sales. Like, dude, we're working for the state. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. It was, so, um, yeah, we got, we got our, a uh, little known belief, you don't get one phone call. They just hand you a phone and you can call until your heart's content, I guess. So that's what I was able to do. And uh, yeah, I was only able to, I was not able to get a hold of anyone except our contact finally. And uh, and he was like, yeah, we're going to fix this in the morning. We're going to be there and we're going to explain this in the morning. Don't worry about it. So that's what that's what we were waiting for at that time was our contact to show up in the morning and fix it. But I, nobody wants to speak jail even if your contact yes that's a pain in the butt to say the least so um i I think this event happened in what september 2019 Mm -hmm. how long did it take for it to all work out and like to be over i think like five months about that and the county of dallas in iowa waited until the day before our initial hearing to drop the charges and and that was contingent upon the sheriff being able to talk to our ceo which had nothing to do with it so here you have two citizens being being charged with burglary and possession of burglary tools which is a seven-year prison sentence seven years we're charged personally they're not charging our company at the time they're not charging the state they're charging Gary and Justin for burglary. But the sheriff in his infinite wisdom is like, no, dude, nope. We're not going to drop these charges against Gary and Justin until I can talk to Coal Fire CEO because <laughs> Coal Fire CEO was mean to me in the public and said I was a jackass. So I want my two pounds of flesh and I want to talk to Tom McAndrew before I'm going to drop the charges on these guys. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what an idiot. <laughs> Like who does these things? It, it it had nothing to do with Tom McAndrew. It had nothing to do with coal fire. It just had to do with us in the county versus the state. But it just, dude, it was so petty and so frustrating. And refused to drop charges until that meeting happened. Yeah, I think just through speculation, kind of keeping up with the story, it seemed like maybe the sheriff just had had something, had some bad blood, or was irritated about the situation with the state is, is that what ultimately it came down to? Or did you ever get to the bottom of like why he reacted the way he did? Yeah. I, 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 again, speculation, I can't prove any of this stuff, um, is we had a, uh, 
friend of ours. And as soon as it happened, they were former law enforcement and they called some of their buddies in Iowa and they're like, dude, what's going on here? And their contact in Iowa, who's law enforcement was like, dude, that's a long running feud. It's well known in this state that that sheriff hates the state. And there's been a lot of issues between that county and the state back and forth. So it was, yeah, it was as far as we understand it, as far as we know, yeah, it was just a pissing match between the sheriff and the county. And he was just holding us accountable for it. Because what's it going to do to the state, you know? Yep, yep. So all, all that's over. I know your uh, congratulations, by the way. You just got a VP role at Spider Labs. That's pretty awesome. I did. Uh, so congr- congratulations. Are, are you still doing the same type of stuff? Red team pen testing? Absolutely. Or? Yeah, that was that was one of my one of my uh, caveats for being hired. I was like, dude, you guys are cool with a VP breaking into buildings, right? And, and hacking things. And they're like, yeah, that's what we expect. I was like, all right, I'm on board. As long as, awesome. as long as you're not taking my breaking and entering away from me, I'll I'll show up. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. And you mentioned uh, I don't know if this is public or not. I think you mentioned there might be a uh, like a documentary or, or some something around the incident itself. What's the deal with that? There is. So we just got done filming our portion of the documentary, which was the interviews with uh, myself and Justin individually, and then together. And uh, I think it's, they just wrapped up that portion of the filming like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So. It it is still in the early stages. Learn more about movies and production than I ever thought I would know, and actually super interesting. But um, lots of stages to go. But yes, it's in the the it's in the 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 filming and production stages of video. And I'm probably certain I screwed that up. And somebody in you know actual video yell at me and say that's not how it goes. But that's my understanding. Awesome, man. Well, I know everybody's gonna be interested to see that. Gary, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being on the podcast. Absolutely, man. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for watching Tuesday Morning Grind podcast. If you like content just like this from cybersecurity executives, thought leaders, hackers, then come on over to risk360.com. Check out our resource center where we have blog posts, white papers, videos, all for free that can teach you about cybersecurity. If you want to know more about cybersecurity certifications like ISO 27001, SOC 2, PCI, High Trust, and others, we have a ton of content on that. So whatever you're looking for, we have a lot of resources. Head on over to risk360.com, shoot us a note, and we look forward to keeping the conversation going.